Now that the 2023 season is all but over, let's evaluate Notre Dame's current roster and take a look inside the very crowded transfer portal and try to figure out what Notre Dame needs in order to have a championship-level roster in 2024. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Thursday, December 7th, and thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. I'm Tyler Wojak, and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Uh, quick programming note before we get things rolling here. We'll be doing another mailbag on tomorrow's show. So if you have thoughts or you have questions and want to be featured in Friday's episode, send them my way. You can drop them below in the YouTube comments or tweet them at Locked on Irish or on Instagram at Locked on Irish Pod. All right, let's talk about the transfer portal. It is the talk of college football these days after it officially opened on December 4th. But as we know, portal season really started well before that. Last week, we spent a bunch of time talking about the guys Notre Dame lost to the transfer portal, but now they've already made some significant strides in reloading the roster and upgrading at some very important positions, including wide receiver and nickel. Um, as of this recording, I think Notre Dame needs at least 10 quality players in this transfer portal cycle to feel good about their roster going into spring practice, and I am including Chris Mitchell and Jordan Clark as part of that 10, um, and that's a good place to be if you're the Irish. There are a a lot of other teams out there, including teams who want to be competing at the highest levels of the sport, who need a lot more than just 10. And it's pretty difficult to add that many good players out of the portal. Just ask Deion Sanders and Lincoln Riley about that. So what I'm going to do today is break down the positions I think are Notre Dame's biggest needs. Obviously, this is subject to change based on which players decide to stay or enter their name into the NFL draft, or if there's any additional late portal entries and things like that. Rosters are constantly changing. The situation is always fluid in college football. But right now, I think quarterback is the top priority for Notre Dame, and I think that is pretty obvious. I think the good thing is they only need one. And right now, it looks like it's going to be Riley Leonard, the former Duke quarterback, who is actually uh, currently visiting Notre Dame. If you're listening to this on Thursday, he should be on his second day of his official visit, and he's not the only guy on campus. I'll get to the rest of them in a second here. But Notre Dame is obviously losing a lot of production um, in Sam Hartman. He started every single regular season game for the Irish in 2023. Is he going to play in the bowl game? I think that remains to be seen. I know that there are rumors out there that he will not be playing, so maybe we'll get a peek at what Steve Vangeli can bring to the table. Maybe Kenny Minchie gets some serious time because he hasn't really gotten anything other than mop-up duty at the very end of games. And uh, I believe CJ Carr is going to be practicing with the team starting December 16th. Not only is he an early enrollee, he's getting in there uh, as part of the bowl prep, which to my knowledge is pretty unprecedented. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone in the comments is going to let me know of another player who got on campus during their winter break and uh, already started playing for Notre Dame. So that's at least one good thing. If Hartman does decide to leave, it, it gives these other guys some opportunities. But Notre Dame is not returning much production at all at the quarterback position going into next season. Angeli uh, went 19 of 25 this season for 272 pass yards, 4 TD. Four TDs in that pick against Stanford, which was uh, really unfortunate timing for him because after that Pittsburgh game, people were like, 
Maybe Steve Angeli is the guy. Maybe they should just give him a shot because of how good he looked when he would come in for Sam Hartman uh, during the fourth quarter of these blowout games. But then his first possession, actually, I think it was his first play in that Stanford game. He threw that pick right to the Stanford defender, and you're like, oh, yeah, he is still very young. He's still very inexperienced. And frankly, we don't really know what Notre Dame has in Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie for that matter. So Notre Dame has been very aggressive in the transfer portal the moment that Riley Leonard put his name in, or at least... I don't even think he technically put his name in. He just announced that he was going to enter the transfer portal. And then you got like six crystal balls projecting him to go to Notre Dame. So what this tells me is that Notre Dame clearly found their guy in Riley Leonard. They picked him out well before the transfer portal opened, probably, you know, via some back channel communications. I don't want to accuse anyone of tampering or anything, but the fact that Riley Leonard allegedly knew where he was going before he even entered the portal, hell, he even had a no contact tag. So he had already made up his mind. Uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, he uh, will have already publicly committed to Notre Dame. But I do expect that commitment to come by by the end of this week. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. But I, I think part of that has to do with the fact that Notre Dame scouted him for you know probably entire year going into this season because Notre Dame had Duke on the schedule. And I find it encouraging that after doing all of that scouting and taking that evaluation in, they feel very strongly about him being their guy going into next season. Um, his career stats, he has a 61.8 completion percentage, uh, 4,450 pass yards, 24 pass touchdowns. He does have 10 interceptions. I know accuracy is a concern. It's a concern for me as well. But what really sets him apart from other quarterbacks in the portal is his running ability. He is an elite athlete. Uh, he has 1,224 rush yards in 19 rushing TDs and really just like two and a half, not even two and a half full seasons college football because he missed a lot of time. This last season after Notre Dame, um, I think it was Howard Cross tackled him on the very last play of the game, rolled up his ankle, and uh, he was not really effective the rest of the season. He had a really good year in 2022. So I understand why Notre Dame wants to get him. I think he's a very talented player. Yes, there are concerns, but there are concerns about literally every single quarterback who is in the transfer portal. And I think that um, Riley Leonard is a great fit culturally. I think he'll um, blend well with the team. He'll be a good leader, and he brings that experience, which is something that Marcus Freeman clearly values, most notably at the quarterback position. But Riley Leonard is going to need some guys to throw to. And that brings me into my next position, wide receiver. I think that they need three wide receivers in this transfer portal cycle. Really, if it goes into the spring, that's fine too. They just need to get at least three because Tobias Merriweather, Chris Tyree, Braylon James, and Rico Flores all left uh, via the transfer portal. And I think that they're going to lose Matt Salerno as well. He was a sixth year this year. And even though he missed his, this entire season due to an injury. I don't expect him to come back for his seventh year, but I don't know, man. I could be wrong. Uh, these guys are in college for a really, really long time. So if you look at the current depth chart right now, they did just add the former Florida International wide receiver, Chris Mitchell. I don't think he's going to be wide receiver one, but I think he's going to be a solid number two. Uh, Jane Thomas hopefully will have a bounce back here and be that wide receiver one. And then in the slot, they've got Jane Greathouse and Jordan Faison. Um, and then they got, you know, the old savvy veteran, Deion Colsey, who missed most of 2023 with an injury. And then true freshman, who will be a sophomore next season, K.K. Smith, who also missed this entire season due to an injury, although he will be active for the bowl game. So maybe we get to see him on the field for the first time in a Notre Dame uniform. And then Notre Dame is bringing in three extremely talented freshmen at the position in Micah Gilbert, Cam Williams, and Logan Saldate. So they have guys in the room, but it's a lot of young guys. I think it's going to be six 
uh, freshman or sophomore on the roster next year. So they need to get some some older guys and some veterans. And getting Chris Mitchell is just a start. I think that they need two more. They don't return a lot of production. Just 755 receiving yards from the wide receivers last season. Thomas, despite missing most of the season, had mo- had the most catches of any returning wide receiver with 17 uh, and 251 yards. Great House added 252. And then Jordan Faison, really only playing half a season, added 207 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Deion Colsey really only played one game, but he was effective with three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown against Navy. Um, I already mentioned Chris Mitchell, so they already got him signed, sealed, and delivered for next season. And at the time of this recording, uh, former Clemson wide receiver Bo Collins and former Washington State wide receiver Josh Kelly are on campus for their official visits. I think it's great that Notre Dame was able to get both of these wide receivers on campus at the same time as Riley Leonard. Hopefully that goes a long way in trying to recruit these guys and get them to commit to Notre Dame. I know that Josh Kelly does have an official visit scheduled uh, at Texas Tech next weekend, so that isn't that great as as of right now. I don't think Bo Collins has another visit scheduled, but Bo Collins is a guy that Notre Dame recruited really hard out of high school. They weren't able to land him, but now they have another crack at it, and I feel very good about Notre Dame's position there. So if they're able to get Chris Mitchell, if they're able to get Bo Collins and Josh Kelly, those are three very talented, very experienced wide receivers, and I think that if they get all three of them, that's a significant upgrade over the guys that they lost. Sure, we would have loved to have Chris Tyree. We would love to have um, Rico Flores on the roster next season, but look, this is the nature of college football. You got to be able to uh, adjust on the fly and be able to upgrade when you lose guys because it's just the nature of the beast these days. And if Notre Dame lands all three, I'll feel very good about the wide receiver position going in next season. All right, we got a lot more to get to, but that's all coming up right after this. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel lately, there's no better time to get in on the action because the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. For my pick, I'm sticking with the under in tonight's Patriots-Steelers game. It's still 30.5 on Vandal, which is outrageously low, but these two teams are outrageously bad. And I I get that it's low, but I think that uh, these teams might not get to 20. Last week, the Patriots lost 6-0 to the Chargers, so I'm not expecting a shootout in this one. I feel comfortable taking the under. Visit Vandal.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Vandal, an official partner of the NFL. Before we move on, I wanted to remind you that if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video below and subscribe to the channel. Or if you're on the go and listening to the podcast, please rate the show five stars, leave a review, and subscribe there as well. It might not seem like much, but I promise you it goes a long way in growing the show, and I greatly appreciate it. All right, let's get back to Notre Dame's biggest needs in the transfer portal. We talked a lot about the offense. Let's get over to the defense because I think Notre Dame needs at least two defensive linemen, particularly on the edge of that defensive line in the transfer portal. They lost Nana Osafa Mensa to the transfer portal. They lost Javante Jean-Baptiste to graduation. Aiden K. and Ina went to the transfer portal as well. And right now, we don't know uh, about Riley Mills and Howard Cross and whether or not they're going to leave for the NFL draft. Based on what I've heard lately, it seems like Howard Cross is going to return to Notre Dame. I was a bit surprised by that, considering the season that he just had, but that would obviously be great for the Irish going into next season. Riley Mills is still a toss-up right now. I think he's still waiting to get his evaluation from the NFL, see where they project him to land in the draft, and then if it's high enough, if he gets the answer that he wants, I'm pretty sure he wants to go to the NFL, but if they tell him, hey, you would be better served coming back to Notre Dame for one more year and really lighting it up next year, then I think he's going to come back. But right now, we don't know. So for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to assume that Riley Mills is going to go to the NFL, 
but Howard Cross is going to stay at Notre Dame. So if you're looking at the depth chart, the starters right now are probably going to be Jordan Botello, Howard Cross, Gabriel Rubio filling in for Riley Mills, and then I don't really know what Notre Dame is going to do at strong side end because they lost, they lose their top two guys in Javante Jean-Baptiste and Nana Osafamensa. Although, Notre Dame told Nana to leave. They said, you're, you're good to move on elsewhere. He's got his degree, so it's time to move on. But I'm a little bit surprised Notre Dame did that because they don't have a young guy that projects to play at that strong side end. Now, they got good reserves in Josh Burnham, Junior Tui Alamaka, Gabriel Rubio, Jason Anye, Bubacor Traore is going to be in the mix as well at Viper. So they've got some talented young guys, but I think they're going to want to add some experience uh, at the edge. And as for the returning production, it's really kind of dependent on what Cross Mills do because if they lose Cross and Mills, then they lose a lot. Maybe they need to add even another guy uh, on the interior of the defensive line, but I don't think Cross is going to leave. But they do have to replace a lot of production from Javante Jean-Baptiste. He had an absolutely incredible year in his only year at Notre Dame with 20 tackles, four, sock, four sacks, excuse me, not four socks. And uh, he was just everywhere. He was just a game wrecker. Uh, he played his best game of the season against Ohio State, his former team, and he exceeded my expectations well like above and beyond whatever I expected out of him before the season. Notre Dame needs another Javante Jean-Baptiste in the portal. They don't grow on trees, so that's going to be tough. It's going to be a tall task for Notre Dame, but they do have a top target in mind right now. That is Duke defensive end R.J. Oberm. Uh, he is one of the top-ranked players in the transfer portal this cycle, according to 24-7 Sports. They have ranked eighth overall. He had 17 tackles, five sacks, and six TFLs in 2023. He is actually scheduled to visit Notre Dame this upcoming weekend, which is great news. The bad news is that he's also scheduled to visit Florida State the following weekend. And if you remember last offseason, Notre Dame lost in a heated battle for Braden Fisk, the former Washington, or excuse me, Western Michigan defensive lineman who was down to Notre Dame and Florida State and opted to go to Florida State. And if you watched that ACC championship game, that dude was everywhere. He was such a beast and had the game-sealing sack on Jack Plummer there at the end of that game. So that was a big loss for Notre Dame, even though they were pretty, you know, good. They were pretty solid at the position with Howard Cross, Ryan Mills. You always want a guy like that on the roster. And Notre Dame is really trying to get RJ Oberon. Hopefully it works out there. All right, let's move back to the offense because I think Notre Dame needs at least one, potentially two offensive tackles because they are losing both of their starting tackles. Joe Walt, Makes sense that he's leaving. He could be a top five pick. If he's not the first uh, tackle taken off the board, he's likely going to be the second. Blake Fisher is going to leave, I guess. Don't really know why. I don't think he's going to be a particularly high draft pick, but he wants to go. Let him go. Um, it also sounds like Blake Fisher is not going to play in the bowl game, which, again, does not make any sense to me. Uh, he has not put up. He has not put enough good tape uh, on his resume to get drafted as high as he thinks he will. But again, this is not meant to bash Blake Fisher. I'm just pointing out the obvious. And now, with both of them leaving, Notre Dame is in a pretty difficult spot there at the tackle position. They do have Tosh Baker and Emil Wagner. Um, they will likely start in this bowl game here in a couple weeks, so we'll get a, a good glimpse of what they bring to the table going into next season. Tosh Baker has been around a long time. Emil Wagner has not. And I feel like Emil Wagner was a really highly touted recruit, but he had a lot of maturing to do physically. I, not to say he's an immature person, but he was pretty undersized when he got to campus. And to be a starting, I assume, right tackle at the college level, you got to be at least 300 plus pounds. And I don't think Emil Wagner is there yet. So they don't return much production at all, assuming Joe Wall and Blake, for, Blake Fisher leave. Uh, Tosh Baker got a couple starts in 2021. Then he got hurt, so it really didn't work out for him. Maybe Notre Dame decides to move Billy Shrouth outside to get him on the field. 
Personally, I wouldn't love that because I think he's best suited at guard, and I think he could be a really, really talented guard at the collegiate level. So hopefully they don't have to do that. Hopefully that they're able to get a guy or two out of the transfer portal who can plug and play at the position. But as we know, adding an offensive lineman out of the transfer portal is kind of tricky. Um, it's a position where you like to have the guy in your system for a few years to grow and develop. And there are some instances in which uh, an offensive tackle goes from one school and succeeds at the next. I always point out Ladarius Henderson. He transferred from Arizona State to Michigan, was their starting left tackle all season long, and they have had another great offensive line. So it's possible. It's just a little bit harder than, say, a wide receiver, which seemed to be you know, abundant in the transfer portal every single cycle. Okay, they also need a safety, in my opinion. I think they need one safety regardless of whether or not Xavier Watts decides to leave for the NFL. He is still unsure about his decision. I think the fact that he's... Going to play in the bowl game is an encouraging sign for Notre Dame, and I think the fact that he plans on getting his master's degree in May is also good. But still, at this point in time, he has not made an announcement. Either way, Notre Dame is losing DJ Brown because he's a six-year senior who just exhausted um, his remaining eligibility, and they lost Ramon Henderson and Antonio Carter to the transfer portal. So when you look at the depth chart, assuming Watts stays, it's still very inexperienced. They got Ben Minnick and Adon Schuler coming back. Those are two freshmen who will be sophomores next season. And then they're adding three safeties in this class of 2024, Tabron, Benny Powell, Bronte Johnson, and Kennedy Erlacher. So if Watts does decide to come back, at least they are returning the best defensive player in college football as Xavier Watts was just awarded the Bronco Nagurski Award. I actually did my entire open on that yesterday. So if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. So Hopefully Watts stays. They have that to count on. Like, he's going to be the centerpiece of the entire defense, really, if he does decide to come back. But they still need another guy. And I, I think that Ben Minnick and Adon Schuler could be good players. Same with all the freshmen. But it's a little concerning to play someone uh, opposite Xavier Watts who just does not have that much experience at the position. As we know, as we've learned over the years of watching Notre Dame football, the best safeties are typically some of the most experienced players on the roster. Right now, I haven't heard anything as... Uh, when it comes to like the top targets Notre Dame is looking for in the transfer portal, that's not to say that the coaching staff doesn't have some guys in mind. But right now, I haven't heard anything, and I just think that this is a very big need. Even if Watts does decide to come back, they need experience, they need depth, and they really need to make up for some of their losses on the recruiting trail. Safety was a position that we talked about pretty much all of last offseason, and it could potentially be another scenario this uh, offseason as Notre Dame tries to replace DJ Brown and the rest. Coming up next, we've got a few more positions, including one that you might not think about, but is actually extremely important to next year's success. Really exciting news here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Locked On Irish is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. You've heard me talk about Prize Picks before. I've had so much fun playing it during the football season, and now you can play during basketball season as well. You just select two or more players and pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, and that's just one of the reasons why I think it's the best daily fantasy game out there. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnCollege and use code LockedOnCollege 
for a first deposit match up to $100. It's pricepicks.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, next up on the list of Notre Dame's transfer portal needs by position, I've got kicker. And to be honest with you, I think kicker might have been higher. Like, I had serious thoughts about putting it a little bit higher on my list, but I just couldn't convince myself that it was more necessary than, like, a safety, a tackle, and things like that. But I don't mean to diminish the importance of the kicker because, as we know, kicker is very important, and when you don't have a kicker that you can trust, it is not a whole lot of fun to be a fan. Notre Dame only needs one, but right now, they don't have a single kicker on the roster because Spencer Schrader, the guy that they got of the transfer portal last cycle, is uh, done. He's exhausted his eligibility, so Notre Dame needs to get one guy to have a scholarship kicker next season. Right now, and I'm basing this off of Riley Leonard's Instagram follows, and of course, there were some follow-ups on this as well. But Riley Leonard's Instagram follows has basically become a source of who Notre Dame is targeting in the transfer portal because as soon as he announced that he was going to enter his name, people started noticing that he, he had already followed a bunch of Notre Dame football players, and then he followed a couple of targets of Notre Dame in the transfer portal, like Bo Collins. And then recently, South Carolina kicker Mitch Jeter made his way onto that list. And let me tell you, Mitch Jeter is a very, very good college kicker. He made 23 of 25 field goal attempts the past two seasons, including two from 50-plus yards. And I think that this is a guy who is very academically motivated. He is not a grad, as far as I understand, so I don't know how that would work academically, trying to get him into Notre Dame. We all know the hurdles that Notre Dame has to go through trying to get a player who is not just completed their freshman season or not a grad transfer. It's a little bit difficult, but... Um, there have been some reports out there. I believe Pete Sampson from The Athletic mentioned him as a possible target, and Tom Lloyd from 24-7 Sports also included him in a report about guys Notre Dame were targeting in the transfer portal. If they were able to get Mitch Jeter, I think that he would be the best kicker that they've landed out of the transfer portal. I think he would be better than Spencer Schrader, certainly more consistent, although Spencer Schrader had a bigger leg. And then I think he'd even be better than Blake Rupi, who is the starting kicker for the New Orleans Saints. So if they're able to get him, I think that would be a home run at the position. Hey, they only need one, but it's an important one. So let's hope that Notre Dame can land Mitch Jeter. Behind kicker, I've got linebacker, and I was kind of torn on this one. I think they only need one. They're losing a lot of experience. They're losing Maris Leofau. They're losing J.D. Bertrand. They might lose Jack Kaiser, or they might have Jack Kaiser come back to Notre Dame for next season. That is to be determined. He has not made an announcement at the time of this recording. It would be huge for Notre Dame to have Jack Kaiser back on the team next year because even though there were some games where he wasn't really in the rotation, he would get subbed out a lot for the nickel. I think that if he were to come back, they would probably move him inside full-time. He would spend the whole offseason training for that, and I think he would be a guy that Notre Dame simply could not take off the field. Behind him, it's a ton of inexperience. They got Drake Bowen and uh, Jalen Sneed, Jane Osbury, Nolan Ziegler, and look out for Kingston Villamu Asa, uh, the true freshman who was supposed to early enroll. He was uh, one of Notre Dame's best prospects in the class of 2024, so he could uh, compete for playing time next year, but again, he'd only be a true freshman. So I think Notre Dame needs experience there. If Jack Kaiser does come back, I feel like the necessity to get a linebacker out of the portal kind of goes away, but if he does decide to leave, then all of a sudden I think linebacker is going to move way up the ranks, and they're going to need to get at least one guy who has significant college experience um, because that's just running a lot of inexperienced guys in a position in which experience and reps uh, and football IQ is of the utmost importance. So if Kaiser does come back, they're bringing back 40 tackles, a sack, forced fumble, and an interception in 2023. 
Jalen Seed is one of those guys. He came in as a five-star recruit. Uh, he's had his moments. He had a sack and a forced fumble and then a pass defended uh, or two passes defended on the season, including one on fourth down against Ohio State. That was a really big play. I thought that could be like a huge moment for him that could springboard him to having a really great second half of the season. And frankly, it just didn't happen. Drake Bowen looked pretty good on special teams. And when he uh, came in uh, as a reserve, he had eight tackles and a forced fumble, but still not a lot of returning production at the position after they lose Maris Leofau and J.D. Bertrand, two guys who really could not come off the field these past two seasons. As for the top targets, kind of like uh, safety, I don't really know. I haven't heard any names right now. I think this might have to do with the fact that Notre Dame isn't looking as aggressively at linebackers in the portal because they have far more important positions, like I mentioned, quarterback, wide receiver, and all the positions from uh, the first and second segments there. But that's not to say that this isn't an important uh, position for Notre Dame to target in the transit portal. Again, a lot of this depends on what Jack Kaiser decides to do, uh, but it's something to watch out for. If Notre Dame's able to get an experienced guy, even if he's not a full-time starter, just a guy who can contribute, play two to 300 snaps next season at line, linebacker, I think that would go a really long way for the Notre Dame defense. I don't think they need a true outside cornerback, so I didn't include that, uh, and I think they already filled the need at nickel with Jordan Clark and Assuming that no one that we don't expect at running back leaves, and we all expect Audrick Esteban to leave, but Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, Jerron Prane, all those guys, if they bring them all back, I don't think they need a running back out of the portal either. So I feel really good about where the team is at. And again, all of this is subject to change based on additional portal entries or if there's uh, a surprise player who leaves early for the NFL draft. But as of now, I think these are Notre Dame's biggest needs in the transfer portal. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for making Lockdown Irish your first listen of the day. Remember, get your mailbag questions in. You can drop them in the YouTube comments or send them on X at Lockdown Irish or on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod. And please remember to subscribe from wherever it is that you're tuning in from. I greatly appreciate it. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow.